Welcome to Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at that handle on Twitter, or you can find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter if you are so inclined. This is season five, episode one, and we're going to be talking about fanfic today. Yay! So to choose the first fanfic I was going to talk about, I had to think about a lot of different things, and I finally settled on doing one that's not explicitly based on anything that happens in the books. We're going to do an alternate universe story, which, as a side note for the one person listening to this who has never read fanfic before, um, <laughs> or not a lot of fanfic, um, an alternate universe story is one that you've got pretty much the same characters, because of the way this one worked out, you've got the same characters, but like they meet differently, so for the purposes of this one, Nancy and Ned have not met yet. Hooray! This one is basically like if you took the Nancy Drew files but took Ned out of it and then advanced it a few years. So this is Tall, Dark, and Dangerous. That's the title of this one. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, This one is rated T for a teen, so it's like a high PG-13. The sequels are significantly higher rated than that. Um, This one is a murder mystery. So Nancy is asked by her father to investigate something while she's home from college for the summer. And this one, Nancy did actually go to college. Um, So she's 20 years old for this one. She's going to University of Chicago with Bess and George, and they're having a fantastic time. And they've made plans to do all sorts of fun stuff this summer, except for George has decided to do do a triathlon because that is 100% on brand for George. Um, but Nancy's father says, do you want to go with me to New York? Because I need to investigate a murder. And Nancy's like, Yes, please. <laughs> because why not? This is a version of a locked door mystery. So, um, actually, in the books, um, Carson's sister Eloise lives in New York, and so I've said that Carson has maintained his law license in the state of New York just for like sentimental reasons to give him an excuse to do this, because otherwise he would have basically no standing. But He has been called in to defend a guy named Mark against murder charges. The murder charges haven't yet been brought against him, but he's the main suspect. Mark is a member of the Bennett Group, which is an investment group out of New York. And I think the group is made up of like eight people. It doesn't fucking matter. Um... The head of it is Carlton Bennett, and his daughter Kate is also on the board. And Kate is the one who was murdered. Um, she shot at close range on the yacht. And because it was, like, out, they were talking about shit, and they did not want to be, you know, on land. So they were out in the ocean somewhere when this happened. So that means that all the suspects are the people who were on board the boat, which, you know, clarifies things some. Um, Mark has said that he is innocent, so Carson has decided to investigate and defend him against the charges that haven't yet happened. I think he's basically been told not to leave town. So Carson's like, okay, so we're going to take off and we're going to investigate that. And I thought that maybe since I would have to identify myself as his lawyer, basically, that I could get you to come with me to kind of interrogate people, but they wouldn't know that you were doing that. Like, I thought that maybe you could pose as an investor, and Nancy was like, um, so no experience in that whatsoever, that's going to be kind of funny, and Carson's like, so I thought that maybe you could have Humphrey Corbett accompany you, and Nancy's like, fuck no. Humphrey is an original character for this story, and he's this, he's a son of a friend of Carson's, and he's like... He's not a pompous, arrogant asshole, but he's like a step below that, where he's like, he's full of himself, he thinks that he's God's gift to humanity, and he also thinks that, because he and Nancy are of the same social set, that, you know, they should definitely get together, and Nancy's like, I would rather set myself on fire. She fucking hates him. Um, Like, hate is kind of too strong, or she's like incredibly annoyed by him. Like, he's like, oh, don't you think we'd make a good couple? And she's like... I want to just murder you. But anyway, so Humphrey, because he comes from a wealthy family and has experience in investing, would pose as the investor, and Nancy would pose as the, and at this point she stops and looks at her dad and is like, secretary. And he's like, administrative assistant. She's like, secretary. Okay. Which, you know, 
She says, well, at least that way I'd be able to question people while their guards would be down because they wouldn't be really expecting much. So Humphrey's going to pose as somebody who is going to maybe consider joining the group as an investor or to invest in similar things. And Nancy will just be accompanying him so that she can kind of, you know, be like, oh, I heard about the thing that happened, you know, just give me all the hot goss. So... So that's what they do, except for right before they leave town, um, Carson finds out that he's got a grand jury thing going on, so he has to stay in town, but he goes ahead, he sends Nancy and Humphrey, of course, to go to New York without him so that they can go ahead and start investigating. Um, yeah, Nancy's like, we've got separate rooms, right? Because she's like, I would rather just murder people than room with Humphrey. So yeah, they've got separate rooms. They check in, um everything's fine. He's like, you want to get dinner together, wink? And you maybe want to hit up the mini bar, wink? And Nancy's like, why don't you just fuck off? Like, she's started doing some research on everybody who's involved. And again, it doesn't fucking matter who's involved. It doesn't, it doesn't, really doesn't. This is not a mystery that's meant to be solved. Um, (laughs) not in that way anyway. So, um, the next day they decide to set up some interviews. Actually, the night that they arrive, Nancy goes to talk to Mark and find out about the circumstances. And she's like, so what was the topic of discussion? Like, why was it that you had to be somewhere that wasn't normal, basically? Why were you on a yacht instead of, you know, anywhere else? And he was like, well, we were discussing an extremely confidential matter. matter." And she's like, oh, what was it? And he's like, I can't tell you. So, of course, that immediately sets bells off because she's like, then that was probably the motivation behind the murder. But the thing is that there is no clear motive for the murder. Um, that they do know, they do tell Nancy that Mark was the only dissenting vote from whatever they were talking about. And so that's why, I mean, the slightest bit of suspicions fall on him. If he didn't want whatever it was they voted on to happen, then maybe he shot Kate, who was, again, the daughter of the head of the group, to kind of confuse things or to get revenge or something. They're just not quite sure exactly why he would have done that, but because he was the dissenting vote. So, so Nancy and Humphrey go the next day. They interview four of the people. Um, one of them seems like a complete sleaze bag. One of them is, I think, t- other than Kate, there was one other female member of the group. They interview her. You know, Nancy's not really impressed by any of them. Not really. Um, and she's not meant to be, because it doesn't matter. Um, the fifth one, by the time they get to the fifth one, Nancy's like, I'm going to burn these shoes, because she's wearing some slingbacks that don't quite fit her correctly. And she hates them. So they walk into the office of the fifth guy, and Nancy meets the eyes of the guy, and it's Ned, who she's never seen before in her entire life. She knows a little bit about him, because she's, of course, done research on all the members of the group, but... That did not prepare her for this guy who looks like a fucking GQ model has just walked off the pages and is just gorgeous as sin. Just absolutely beautiful. So Nancy looks at him and like basically her heart stops and she's like, oh, Nancy is under an alias for this case. So she's going by Ann Mallory because again, famous dad, you know, you know, so Humphrey, though, keeps forgetting, and he calls her Nan occasionally, but that's okay, because it's close enough to Anne that she can kind of play it off, because, again, if you're going to go by an alias, make it close enough to your own name, so that if somebody calls you, you're not like, who the fuck are you talking about? So, um, Humphrey, for all of these interviews, has made an excuse to leave the room, so he makes an excuse to, like, go get some drink or something, and so Nancy gets to talk to Ned one-on-one for a little bit, and she's like, so I heard about what happened on the boat, and... Blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, that was pretty weird. And like, there's definite tension between them. But Nancy keeps reminding herself, she's like, he's a suspect. He may have killed her. I don't know. Because none of them have a clear motive. So that means everybody who was on the boat has a motive because I don't know what it was. Humphrey comes back in. Um, Nancy's like, okay, so, you know, we might be contacting you again. And he's like, I would enjoy that. And Nancy's like, okay, so... She goes back to her hotel that night, and she's just trying to convince herself that, like, nothing really happened. Like, it's it's no big deal. It's, it, you know, whatever. And as always, Humphrey's like, oh, you want to talk about the case, blah, blah. So Nancy, because she's not as familiar with investment banking, like, or, like, 
investment groups or anything like that does talk to Humphrey about like, uh, what does this mean? And what would it mean if these people have this kind of financials and things like that? So, so she's polite to him, but whenever he's like, Oh, you want to get a drink? She's like, why don't you die in a fire? Um, after they talked to Ned, they actually talked to Vincent Cantoni, who is the brother of somebody that Humphrey already knows. And so he's like, Oh my gosh, I know your brother. And, and, you know, we went to school together and everything. So that kind of, in a like, he can still maintain his cover because he's still wealthy and he's still got like the kind of background that would make sense for this, but he's also got the added, Ooh, like I, I know who you are in real life thing going on. So he's like, Oh, we should play racquetball and we can talk about, you know, blah blah people we know and so Humphrey's really excited and Nancy's like he is a suspect and Humphrey's like I saw the way you were looking at Nickerson so you can just shut your mouth because yeah like pot kettle and Nancy's like I was not making eyes at Ned oh my god oh my god so she looks him up of course she looks Ned up for the purposes of this story, even though in canon, Ned is probably three years older than Nancy. For this, he's seven years older than Nancy because, again, he has to have enough money that he can be a member of an investment group. So he's 27, she's 20, which is kind of a big gap, but, you know, whatever. And um, he went to Harvard. He has a business degree. He's got, like, just a ridiculous amount of money. I have never put a number on it because you you don't want to age yourself that way. You don't want to be like, oh, he's got like 4.7 billion when then that sounds like nothing. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he comes from a formerly wealthy family. Like he, they're, they've got a long background, but they don't really have that much money anymore. So that's kind of interesting about him. Like he didn't come from the kind of family that would have raised him to expect this kind of lifestyle, basically. And, like, they went to his office. His office is, like, fucking nice as shit. It's some good stuff. So Nancy has seen all this about him, and she's like, okay. She looks into the kind of projects that he's into. He's into clean energy projects. He's into a bunch of different projects, but that's, like, the one that she finds the most press coverage on. So she's like, okay. Like, everything about him is coming back positive, but, again, she's like, I don't know if he did this. So... A few days later, she decides to ask him again about, like, maybe he knew Kate, maybe he had a personal connection to Kate, maybe they dated, like, anything like that, any, maybe Kate was dating somebody else that was on the board, maybe Kate had a business partnership with somebody else who was on the board, and that would explain, like, maybe it went sour, like, she's trying to find some connection between Kate and somebody else on the board, and she's like, maybe he would know, because whatever she looks up, she, she, all of them seems to have like ridiculously incestuous connections between each other. Like they all, the ones who are involved in similar projects, like there's other things that they've also invested in. So she's like, I, I'll ask, I'll ask him about it. You know, he said he would be happy to answer some questions. So, so she calls his office and they're like, yeah, he's, he's not available right now, but I can pencil you in for like five o'clock. And she's like, okay. So she's checking out her notes, doing research, thinking through things, she notices something that she can't quite place and she's trying to figure out where that came from and she gets a call that Ned is sending a driver to come pick her up, which is not what she was expecting. So she changes clothes and and gets ready and gets in the back of a limo, because of course she does, and it takes her to Ned's building, to the the place where he has his office building. And they get inside and she's taken up to the roof of the building where there's a helipad there's a helicopter waiting for her and she's like what is going on and so Ned's assistant is like oh well he wants to meet you on his yacht <laughs> his yacht not the murder yacht oh murder yacht um so Nancy Nancy feels weird about this because she does leave a message for Humphrey to tell him where she is because again she's going to meet a suspect and she wants to make sure that at least one person knows where she is in this story, she has a cell phone, so, you know, but then, like, the helicopter, and she has this minute of, should I do this? Like, this seems incredibly reckless, and then she's like, I don't know. I mean, he seems trustworthy, so I'm gonna go for it, so she gets on the helicopter. It takes her to his yacht, which is at a marina, of course, so he's, um, he's there at port, and he welcomes her. He's, 
He's dressed very nicely. He's wearing like a button down and he looks really casual and just handsome as shit. And so Nancy sees him and she's like, okay, okay, I'm Humphrey's secretary. I've just got some questions about Kate. It's going to be fine. Like I have to figure out how to talk about this. So she comes on board the yacht and he's like, yeah, so I thought that we could maybe take it for a spin because I've just had it refurbished. And Nancy looks around and she's like, oh, I bet you get like 19 yacht knots out of this thing. And he's like, I am impressed. You know your yachts. Canonically, Nancy, of course, does know yachts because have we met, but also she's into sailing, so it makes some sense. Also, I had to look up a ridiculous amount of information about yachts for this section. Anyway, um, so they get on board the yacht, and it's like, I thought we could take it for a spin. She's like, uh, not, not as comfortable with that as, as I would like to be, um, but okay. Ned has a personal chef who is on the yacht who is preparing dinner for them. <laughs> Because, of course, he fucking does. Ned's chef is named Louis. Um, Louis has prepared a five-course dinner for them. Just them. Just them. So they get to eat privately on board the yacht in the dining hall, dining room place, you know, with all the fancy stuff you can imagine, like candlelight and everything, a bottle of champagne waiting for them. It's just everything. And, of course, as soon as Nancy takes a bite, she's like, oh, my God, this is the best food I've ever tasted. And it's like, I know, right? Oh, my God. So... They have dinner together, and um, they're talking, and Nancy says something like, yeah, I've done some research on you, and that's like, yeah, I've done some research on you, too. You're the daughter of Carson Drew, and you're in your second year at University of Chicago, and you're 20 years old, and yeah, and so Nancy's like, oh, shit, so he knows who I am. And yeah, he figured it out. He figured it out within 24 hours of meeting her, who she was. Um, so he's like, since I know about you and I know what you do, um, you're investigating Kate's murder. And Nancy's like, yeah, I'm investigating Kate's murder. And he's like, so I'm a suspect. And Nancy's like, also yes. And he's like, this is fabulous. Tell me everything. And Nancy's like, I, I can't tell you anything. Like, I'm investigating the case. And Ned's like, no, seriously, like... Please keep me on your suspect list as long as possible. Please surveil me at all opportunities. Please make sure that you are following me to my home every night. Like, I'm here for this shit. And Nancy's like, this is not a come on. Like, oh my God. And he's like, sure. I know I didn't do it. So, you know, what what would you like to know? So he tells her everything that he knows about the case. Like, he cannot tell her about the confidential matter that was discussed on the yacht that night. Like, he, he says, I'm really sorry. I can't talk about it. But he confirms, like, her impressions of the other people on the board. Like, he respects Carlton, and that's the whole reason that he joined the group in the first place. Um, The rest of them he doesn't really care for because they seem kind of selfish and self-absorbed and, like, just not great people on the whole. Um, He liked Kate. He was fine with Kate. That wasn't a big deal. So, um, yeah, they have some champagne, even though she's 20. (laughs) Because, of course, they fucking do. Um... Yeah, the boat goes out to sea. She gets to see, like, the starlight and moonlight and everything, and it's incredibly romantic. And then she's like, well, I, I guess I gotta go because, you know, it's it's getting to be bedtime. And that's like, there's beds on the yacht. And Nancy's like, no, no, I I think that maybe going back to my own bed would be the best thing. And it's like, spool sport. But anyway, he takes her back to shore, and he's like, so in exchange for me keeping your secret, and Nancy's like, oh, shit. Yes, what, what, what did you have in mind? And he's like, are you free on Saturday night? And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm free on Saturday night. And he's like, okay, keep Saturday night open for me. And she's like, sure, I'm going to regret every part of this. So, um... Uh, they go back to like nothing ha- he like kisses her hand at one point but like nothing overt happens between the two of them it's just a lot of like significant eye fucking <laughs> so anyway um she gets back they do some more research um they're still trying to figure out like what the connection is that must have caused her death nancy gets a little bit of a hunch about it but she can't quite put her finger on whatever it probably was she runs across something that makes her think interregnum but she can't figure out what exactly it was 
she's got a lot of financial information and everything. So, um, Friday, so the day before Ned told her to set her time aside, he has not contacted her by the way. Um, she gets a call that something's waiting for her at the front desk. And so she asked for it to be sent up and it's this absolutely gorgeous strapless gold dress, like a ball gown. It's gorgeous. And there's a note with it. And it's like, I had to guess on your size. Here's my tailor's number. If you need it to be taken in, he would be happy to assist you. And I will see you on Saturday night. And Nancy's like, what the fuck? So she calls Ned immediately and he's like, so you got the dress. And she's like, I can't accept this. Like, this is too much. And Ned's like, no, I just wanted to see you in something that was almost as gorgeous as you are. And Nancy's like, of course. Like, another thing is that she looks at the dress and she's like, I have absolutely nothing to wear with this dress because this is where my mind goes whenever I'm looking at this shit. So, um, Ned says that he's going to pick her up and he's like, we can have dinner beforehand. And she's like, I couldn't have dinner in this dress. Oh my God. And he's like, okay, so we'll just seven Oh five. I'll come pick you up. And she's like, okay. She calls Bess and she takes a picture actually and sends it to Bess. And she's like, what shoes should I wear with this? Because Bess is of course the resident fashion expert. And so Bess calls her back immediately and is like, why are you going to Neiman markets and teasing me with pictures of dresses? And Nancy's like, so I need to wear this for my case. And Bess pauses for a really long minute and is like, what do you mean you have to wear this for a case? Like, is it a clue? And Nancy's like, no, it's just a dress I'm going to be wearing to a thing. And Bess is like, girl, that, that dress is tens of thousands of dollars. That's an Oscar de la Renta runway, not a ready to wear a runway dress. What are you doing with it? And Nancy's like, I will tell you everything later, um, but for now, can you just tell me what to do? And Bess is like, get some gold pumps to wear with it, go to a makeup counter, get them to do your makeup, show them a picture of this dress so that they know what they're up against, get somebody else to do your hair, because, oh my God, I've seen the way you do your hair, and then after you have gone to this thing, you are going to call me and tell me everything, and Nancy's like, of, of course I will, of course, so, then she looks at the dress, and she's like, holy shit, because... She feels like if a man buys you a, you know, $20,000 dress, um, that man might expect some things. And she's like, what if he says, that's my dress and I'm going to take it off you right now? Like, what? I, this, this, is, this is fraught with danger. But, of course, she can't resist it. So she goes and, and gets her hair done and everything. And um, then she runs into Humphrey, actually, when she's on the way downstairs, because he came over to check on her and see what she was doing, and if she wanted to go to dinner, and she's like, I've actually got plans, and he's like, are you going out with Nickerson? And she's like, yes, and he's like, oh my god, don't do this, like, he's he's probably bad, like, he's trying to seduce you or something, this is bad, and she's like, I'm gonna be fine, like, I'm, I'm not gonna do anything stupid, we're not dating, nothing like that's happening, so Nancy gets in the car, of course, and she heads out to the venue, which she's not even quite sure exactly what's going to happen. She ends up going to a benefit because, of course, why not? And um, when she's in the car, Ned's not actually in the car because we want a grand entrance, y'all. Um, she actually calls Ned because she realizes that if they're going somewhere, like if she's going to be in this dress, it's possible she'll be photographed. And remember, like, Nancy is kind of a big deal, y'all. So it's possible that somebody might see her and look her up and figure out who she is and she's undercover and blah, blah. And it's not exactly great to be on the society pages when you are trying to be an undercover detective. So she calls him and she's like, Hey, um, could we like go in through a back entrance? And he's like, sure, girl, we can do that. It's fine. So they pull up to the building, they pull around to the side. Um, Ned comes out and he's like, Holy shit, you look so beautiful. And Nancy's like, you look so good too. Like, oh my God, am I going to bang you tonight? Maybe no, it's fine. <laughs> no, but anyway, he um takes her arm, takes her inside. Um, There's a bunch of people who walk up to him because Ned is actually kind of a big deal. So he walks around and she's kind of curious how he's going to introduce her to people because again, she's undercover. So kind of weird. So he's like, oh, this is my friend, Anne. Uh, we just met. I just thought I'd bring her here. And nobody really questions it. Like, they dance together, and of course, they dance like they were absolutely made for each other, because why the fuck else would you write fanfic other than to make sure that Nancy and Ned get to dance together as often as possible? 
Um, Ned goes over to get her a little plate and somebody walks up to her and is like being a smarmy asshole. And so Ned walks up and he's like, yeah, her dance card is full. So, and Nancy's like, I don't recall having a dance card. And that's like, yeah, but that kind of is kind of a prick. So it's fine. She has her champagne, which technically underage, I mean, which is going to be important later. Um, um, she has her petit fours. She's just having a good old time. There's somebody playing piano. There's somebody singing. It's just, the place is just incredibly ornate. It's just all gold and, and just polished and beautiful. And she's there as though she belongs there. And she looks around. And the, the interesting thing is that, of course, Nancy comes from money. But Nancy doesn't come from this level of money. This is something that her father's like reputation would get her into, but this is not something that she would naturally just be invited to based on any sort of income. So, um, Ned just leaves whenever he wants to, like there's no specific event. It's just a, you buy tickets to go in, you walk around and talk to people and then you can leave. And of course he's invited her back to his place for dessert. And she's like, I wonder if we're going to go out on the yacht. Because again, she has to keep reminding herself that, um, he could have killed Kate. Like, Please keep that in mind. And, of course, Humphrey is like, this is real, real bad. And so, Nancy, of course, is like, everything's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. It's going to be great. He's definitely not going to try to get me out of this dress. It's fine. (laughs) So, he takes her to his apartment because, of course, he does. And he lives in a penthouse because, of course, he fucking does. Like, a lot of what I did for this story is, what's the most expensive thing you could possibly do? Let's Let's just go ahead and do that. So he lives in his penthouse. He takes her upstairs. Um, he's asked if she wants to have dessert, like a Sunday is apparently what Lewis has whipped up for tonight. And she's like, there is no way I could eat in this dress. Like the petit fours were already like taxing enough. And so he's like, okay, well you can just change into some of my clothes. And Nancy's like, sure. So he lets her go into his room. He does not follow her because ew, creepy, but He's like, yeah, just pick whatever you want to. It'll be fine. So she picks out one of his Harvard t-shirts, because of course she does, and some drawstring shorts that, of course, are enormous on her, and she can't resist the urge to look around, because, of course not. Who the fuck do you think we're dealing with? Her father is the inventor of toaster strudel. She got shit to do. So she looks around, and she actually notices that um, there's not a lot, like... Of course, his clothes are there. She doesn't see any signs that he's cohabitating, but uh, except um, she looks in the bedside table and she sees that he is clearly prepared for sexual partners and that he has got condoms and lube and all sorts of fun stuff. And she's like, (sighs) and she kind of like shrinks back from that because the Nancy of this series particularly is not experienced in that way. And she's like, yeah, like right after they turned 18, apparently Bess dragged them all to a sex toy shop and she was like, intrigued and horrified by all of it so she knows what she's looking at but she's also like taken aback by it because clearly she ain't been up in this shit so um Ned's like are you have you found some clothes and she's like yeah coming like just really thrown off her game so she goes back in there they have the sundays which of course are like sinfully delicious just absolutely fantastic um, they're talking about the case. They're sitting next to each other on the couch. Lewis actually comes over and sits next to him. And she, like, she talks to him, too. Because he seems like he's Ned's employee. But he's also, like, very close to Ned. Like, he's, you know, Ned doesn't treat him like he's a subservient person anyway. And there's a lot of flirtation, actually. Because Lewis, of course, makes fantastic food. So Nancy's like, he's going to steal me away. Like... I have fallen for him. And Ned's like, I sure hope not. So they're talking. Lewis says that, you know, he has to go. So that leaves Nancy and Ned alone together. And Nancy's like, well, you know, I've got a lot to do tomorrow. And Ned's like, okay. And there have been like long lingering glances between the two of them. And like anytime that his hand brushes hers, she's like, <gasps> but nothing overt, nothing like that, especially given what she saw in his bedroom, which, you know, hey. So she's still wearing his clothes, and she's like, oh, well, you know, I'll I'll get them washed, and I'll have them returned to you. And Ned's like, it's okay. I like seeing you in my clothes. Go ahead and take them home. No big deal. So he walks her to his door, and she's like, okay, well, um, I guess I'll see you later. And he's like, well, I actually have a thing that I have to take care of tomorrow, so I'm going to be leaving on a flight. But um, if anything, you know, be careful. But 
I definitely want to get an update when I get back. And Nancy's like, seriously, like, you're not going to tell me that I can't do anything while you're gone. Like, you're not going to be that level of protective. And he's like, why would I be like, you are an accomplished detective. When I looked you up online, I saw all this stuff that you've done. Like, you're pretty fucking fantastic. So why would I say you couldn't do what you wanted to do? And of course, like, the bad thing is that seriously, in this series, like, that's, that's such a low bar that for him to clear that that's actually impressive to her. So, of course, he, like, leans in for a kiss at his door and they start making out and he, like, backs her up against the door and he's like, you can stay here tonight. And she's like, um, actually, I can't, but, um, thank you. Um, because she doesn't know how to, there's a lot going on. It's like, she's not ever been this close to a guy. She's never felt this way about a guy before. Like she's dated, but it's just never really worked out. She's never had feelings like this. And also she's definitely never had sex. So this is just like beyond her. He's like, okay, well, I'll wish you a good night. And so he, she goes back to her hotel. She's got the dress and she's like floating. She's just like, she's got her hair still in her updo and she's still got her makeup on and she's wearing Ned's clothes. And she's like, just not even touching the ground. She's just so fucking thrilled over all this. So she talks to Bess like pretty much as soon as she gets back, because of course it's a little bit earlier for Bess since she's in a different time zone. And she's like, Bess is like, tell me everything because Bess knows pretty much nothing at this point. So Nancy's like, okay, are you sitting in front of your computer? And Bess is like, yeah. And Nancy's like, look up Ned Nickerson, who he goes by Edmund professionally. So that's what she tells her to look up. So Bess looks him up and she's like, holy shit, tell me everything. So Nancy's like, yeah, he's a suspect in the case. And he has been like really flirtatious with me. He figured out who I was really quickly. Um, He gave me the address and Bess is like, girl girl, does he have a brother that you can set me up with? And Nancy's like, no. (laughs) But Bess, of course, is like, girl, you jump on that. Because Nancy's like, yeah, we were at his place and we were making out and I saw a thing in his bedside table. And Bess is like, tell me exactly what you saw. And so Nancy's like, this is what I saw. And Bess is like, girl, he is comfortable having sex toys in the bedroom. You, You need to jump on this. Like, ride him like a pony. Get on it right now. And Nancy's like, Bess, you know, I'm not going to do that. She's like, I'm, I'm going to leave town. Like there's absolutely no future in this. And she actually at that point realizes that, yeah, this is all kind of pointless because he lives in New York. She lives in Chicago. She's going to school. She's going to be going back to school soon. Like this isn't going to go anywhere. I mean, even if she does have feelings for him, first off, again, most importantly, he could have killed Kate. You know, he didn't because of the way this is set up, but he could have. And also, you know, she's gonna go home as soon as the case is over, so, eh, but anyway, so Bess is like, girl, I don't, jump on it, like, who cares if you're not gonna see him three days from now, like, you need to get on that, and Nancy's like, that, you know, I'm not gonna do that, but, of course, she's going to sleep thinking about him, and she's like, I don't know, though, he's super hot, the next day, she wakes up, and, uh, Humphrey's gone, actually, yeah, so she she calls Humphrey's room. She sees what he's doing because she remembers that he had an, a lunch appointment. Like he was, or like an, a morning appointment to see one of their suspects. And so she decides to check in with him, you know, but he's not there. She eventually gets the hotel staff to let her into his room and he's, his bed has been slept in. Like it hasn't been made. His laptop is gone, but the charger is still there. His phone is gone, but the charger is still there. Like it, it's he clearly didn't pack up and go anywhere is in other words, like he didn't pack up as though he wasn't going to be returning that night. So she's kind of concerned. She talks to Vincent Cantoni because she knows that, you know, they had been like, they made an appointment to play racquetball together. Like he had clearly been just getting really chummy with them, which Humphrey also admits to Nancy that he may have, like, let it slip what exactly they were doing. And Nancy's like, are you fucking serious? And Humphrey's like, look, I know his brother. And she's like, but you don't know him. And Humphrey's like, he's a good guy. It's fine. Like, you're, like, trying to bang Nickerson. And Nancy's like, that is not the same thing. (laughs) Mostly because y'all ain't trying to bang. But it's fine. So... So she's concerned about him, but she's not really sure about how to go about finding him. That's kind of the problem. 
she knows that he probably has a cell phone on him, but whenever she calls it, it just flips immediately to voicemail, so that's no help. And, you know, she searches everything in his room. She doesn't find anything that has anything written down of any significance at all. She had asked him about that interregnum thing that she had noticed, and he was like, that does sound vaguely familiar, but he couldn't place it. Um, he had decided that he was, like, they had decided that was the next thing they were going to do, is just, like, mention that casually to all the suspects and see if any of them, like, kind of triggered off it to see if there was any sign of recognition, because Nancy has a feeling that that's kind of related. Um, so Ned actually calls her, and he's like, hey, did you want to get lunch before I have to leave town? And Nancy's like, um... Well, I kind of need to stay in the hotel because Humphrey's missing and I'm not quite sure where to find him. And so Ned comes over and he actually has Lewis prepare them lunch because of course he fucking does. Lewis makes them just a Chinese meal as one does because Lewis is the master of everything. Um, even with spring rolls. So he brings those over and Nancy talks to Ned about what she's discovered in the case so far. And Ned's like really impressed by everything that she's doing. So of course that gives Nancy a more fuzzy feeling. So Ned's like, okay, so the interregnum thing we haven't figured out, that's, that seems important, but I, I just can't really place it. It just sounds familiar. And she's like, yeah, it just, I, I don't know. I don't know. They're flipping through and Nancy finally recognizes that it's not actually the words interregnum. Like it's possible that she saw those words on a report somewhere, but she sees a story about something called Third Kingdom, like that there's a company with that name. And she also sees a cut line of a photo that indicates that maybe Kate and Vincent were working together on something related to that. And so she's like, okay, then if that's the thing, because she gets this feeling that maybe there was some sort of military application to the thing that they were talking about that night, because that makes sense to her. She's like, okay, it's something that all of them have like across the board, including Ned, because she asked him specifically after he has expressed interest in her. She's like, can you tell me what was discussed that night? And that's like, no. And Nancy's like, okay, can you tell me if it was military related? And his, he just like gets poker face at that point. She's like, so that's a yes. And he's like, I can't talk about it. If the group were trying to decide whether to, invest in something military related and if Mark decided that he didn't want to like Nancy's still trying to figure it because she's like why wouldn't somebody have just waited until they were back in New York and just made it look like a mugging like you're you're kind of showing your hand there so it has to be something related to whatever this thing is that they will not tell me about if it was that important then that makes sense like that could be the reason so so they're looking into it, and Ned's like, let me make a few calls. And of course, because Ned has the connections to do so, um, he's able to get the last towers that Humphrey's cell phone pinged off of. And he finds that the last one, he, it was in Brooklyn. He gets the address of where it probably was. They try to cross-reference that with whatever else is going on, and they're not having a lot of luck. Um and then she decides to look into the Third Kingdom thing, and she finds another related name that seems to be related to the whole interregnum slash Third Kingdom thing, and she looks up what their address is. It's a P.O. box, and so Ned has Ned looks up something else that's related to it, and he finds an address that's near where, they're, where they are right now. It's like three blocks away. So they go up to it. It looks like a like not currently in use warehouse, like there's no one working there that day. Um... They break into it, and Nancy actually takes out her lockpick kit tools, which Ned is, like, impressed to see her getting in there because, of course, she is a woman of many, many talents. They get into the building. Nancy looks around. She peels the packing label off a box, and she sees that it's addressed to Third Kingdom, so she knows they're in the right place. Um, but she's also got a feeling that probably Humphrey is there. So she and Ned split up. She, like, the third door that she comes across, she opens it up, and there's Humphrey, who, who's been bound and gagged, of course, because that is par for the course in a Nancy Drew book. Like, if somebody's not bound and gagged, then you're doing shit wrong. So she sees him, and she's like, are you okay? And, like, Humphrey's eyes widen because, of course, he sees Vincent right behind her. So Vincent sneaks up behind Nancy and, and overpowers her, but not before she takes the stiletto heel that she's wearing and slams it into his shin. <laughs> So he's like gushing blood and he's like, you bitch. And he like throws her on the floor and she's, and he 
ties her up and everything. And so he has to leave because he has to deal with something. But he's got them both tied up, so he's clearly going to do something. They've both seen his face. They both know that he's behind it. Um, so Nancy talks to Humphrey while they're, while they're listening to him on the phone outside saying that, like, he can't wait for whatever it is that he's got planned. And so she's like, what happened? And she's like, you know, you weren't at the hotel. I didn't know what happened to you. And Humphrey's like, yeah. So I mentioned the interregnum thing to him and he got really weird with me. And yeah, he brought me here and this has been terrifying and I really hate this. So he's, he's like clearly scared. Nancy's like, it's going to be fine. Ned's here. It's going to be fine. He's, he's going to, he's going to find us because she knows that Ned's in the building. Um, Vincent comes back in and he's, he, Vincent admits, of course, because he has to, this is the genre. He admits that he killed Kate, um, that he had to throw the gun overboard because he couldn't be caught with it. Um, and that he pretty much has zero qualms about killing Nancy and Humphrey too, because Kate was the one standing between him and making a fortune off the stuff about Third Kingdom, which actually it turns out that while nobody would actually tell her what was going on with what was happening on the ship, it's just that that was the most convenient way that he found because, you know, it got Mark out of the way because he was the most likely suspect. So it was just like a convenient excuse. So Humphrey, of course, feels like a total fucking idiot. And Vincent's like, okay, go ahead and don't try anything stupid. You know, I'm like, take your shoes off. <laughs> um, by that point, the police have arrived. <laughs> And they're shouting from outside, and they're like, come out with your hands up. And Vincent's like, I need a human shield. <laughs> so he tells Nancy to get up and, and take her shoes off, of course, because no one wants to get a stiletto slammed into their shin for a second time. Um, and she tries to draw it out because she's like, you know, if I stall, then maybe they'll get somebody in here. And she's like, no, no, you don't want to hurt us. Just, you know, just leave us alone. Just give yourself up so they won't kill you, blah, blah. And, of course, this gives Ned time to sneak up behind him and wrestle him to the floor, punch him several times in the face, you know, as one does. Get him in a wrestler's hold. So, of course, Ned and Vincent fight. Ned gets the upper hand, gets the gun away from him. A bullet does actually hit the ceiling. Humphrey, of course, is just losing his mind at this point. Um, the cops come in. Vincent's under control. Everything's fine. They go outside. Ned's like, they, you know this woman needs a medic and like runs her over to an ambulance and Nancy's like, it's really sweet that you're upset for me, but um, I'm okay. Like he, you know, my throat does hurt a little bit and he did like pistol whip me. Um, there was that. <laughs> so anyway, Ned insists on taking her home so, with him so that he can give her chicken noodle soup and, and comfort her as one does. So they're at his place and they're telling Lewis about everything that happened. And he's like, that sounds incredibly exciting. Oh my God. Like you, you guys have had a day because Ned put off his business trip a day. Um, so yeah, like Nancy's like, that was, that was exhilarating. Like I love the end of cases, but now I feel it's kind of let down and Ned's like, Hmm, I, I can kind of understand that. So it gets to be late of course. And Nancy's like, well, I really should go. She actually buys clothes on the way back to his place because she doesn't want to steal more of his clothes. She wants to be a good girlfriend. They're not dating. It's fine. Um, but anyway, so it's late and Ned's like, well, why don't you stay here? And Nancy's like, uh, well, I am really tired. And he's like, I would feel bad, you know, if, if something happened to you. And Nancy's like, well, okay. And Ned's like, well, I'll just sleep on the couch. And Nancy's like, no, it's okay. You've got a big bed. Like, Imagine the biggest bed you possibly can. Ned has that one. It's that one. So they, of course, go lay down in Ned's bed together and go to sleep because Ned is a good guy. And Ned gets up in the middle of the night. Nancy gets up in the middle of the night. They both go back to bed together. And Ned's like, I have never been as scared as I was today when I saw that you were in danger. Like, when I saw him holding a gun on you, like, I did not know what to do. And Nancy's like, I've been through so much. Like... But it would have been terrible if something had happened to you. And, of course, they end up making out. And, of course, Ned ends up, like, pushing her, her shirt up and, like, cop on a feel. And Nancy's like, I love everything about this. And he's like, he's definitely making overtures in that direction. Like, he is on top of her. Things are happening. And she's like, we need to slow down. He's like, I've, I've got condoms. It's fine. And she's like, no, like, we, we legit need to slow down. And he is like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry that I misread that situation. She's like, no, no, it's fine. Like, it was nice. Let's just, maybe if we can stick to making out. And he's like, I can do that. It's fine. The next day when she wakes up, there's actually a note on Ned's pillow that's like, 
So I had to leave on my business trip. I will be back later. Please, um, tomorrow. So he's going to be gone for a day. He's like, please, you know, I would love to see you when I get back. Um, you looked so peaceful. Peace out. So, um, Nancy talks to Lewis, who, of course, is just fantastic and is making her breakfast. Lewis can make anything you can imagine in far less time than it should take in real life. So, Nancy decides to go have lunch with her aunt and uncle by marriage, who she met on a previous case. Her aunt's like, yeah, that that Russian ballet dancer that you were into that summer, like, I've heard from him. He's doing real good. And Nancy's like, yeah, yeah. I never met a guy that I was really into the way I was in, I'm into Ned. And she, of course, is feeling sad because she knows she's going to be going home. And a part of her actually wants to just leave now, like before Ned gets back, because there's no future for them. But she can't make herself do it. Her father is so hung. Like, he finally gets out of his case and he's like, okay, I'll be there tomorrow. And Nancy's like, I kind of wrapped up the case for you, so you don't need to come. And he's like, oh, sweet, okay. <laughs> Everything's good. It's fine. Um, So Nancy goes to see Ned the next day. They decide to meet for lunch at his apartment. So they have a good lunch. It's nice. Um, The food is fantastic. And they're, like, casting these warm glances across each other. And Nancy's like, I'm really glad I met you. Like, this has been fantastic. And I'm going to miss you so much. And Ned's like, what do you mean? And she's like, "I'm, I'm going home today, actually. And Ned's like... Well, I really didn't want to say this, but I'm, I've definitely got feelings for you. Like, I'm falling for you. And this has never happened for me before. Which, side note, Nancy, of course, when she's doing her research, she tells herself that this is important. But she looks up, like, the kind of women that he's been seen with. And one of them, of course, is Belinda, the ballet dancer from Files 9, who was a total bitch. Um, so they dated for a while in this universe, too. So she sees the kind of women that he hangs out with. They're, like, absolutely flawlessly gorgeous, like, stick-thin models, just, like, the kind of girl that you can definitely imagine hanging out with a very incredibly desperately handsome billionaire. So she's like, I'm I'm not like that. And he's like, and that's part of what I love about you. Like, you're you're not like anybody else I've ever met, which she isn't. Let's be real about that. And she's like, look, I mean... I I really do care about you, but I just, I don't know that there's really no way that I can imagine that we could make this work. And she's like, maybe like once I'm out of college, but you know, she's just finished her second year. Like she's got two more years in front of her. And Ned's like, he says, look, if, if you feel the same way about me that I do about you, then we can, you know, I, I'm on business trips all the time. Like, I can come to Chicago and I can see you. Like, you know, I, I really want to see how this is going to play out. So if you're open to that, I would love to do that. And, of course, Nancy's torn because she's like, how is this possible going to work? Like, it's it's just too much. But uh, she tells Nancy, she's like, okay, we can try. And, of course, he's so excited. So he takes her to the airport. He's like, I'll see you again soon. Of course, they're crying. And he's like, you know... I hate that we're saying goodbye to each other so quickly, but I'll I'll be seeing you soon. And she's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So they leave. She's just beside herself. So she and Bess and George go to have their long delay vacation. They go down to Florida. They're at the side of the pool, and Nancy's basically telling them the story of the case that she was just on. And Bess, of course, is just agape the whole time. She's like, how did you leave that man behind? Oh my God, how, how? You need to call him right now. And Nancy's like, we've talked to each other every day, except for like that one day that he was in France. And Bess is like, stop it. I'm literally going to slap the shit out of you if you do not get on him right now. And of course, George is like, I mean, she's right though. So um, Nancy's heading back to River Heights because her father has asked her to attend a like fundraiser dinner thing with him. So she goes back there. She's thinking about wearing the gold dress, but she can't quite bring herself to do it because, like, Ned won't be there, and that kind of feels like a dress that she got specifically for Ned, from Ned. So she just can't do it. So she wears another, like, beautiful dress that she picks out. She goes, she actually sees Humphrey there, and when she's talking to her father, um, she tells him that Ned's going to be visiting soon. And... 
you know, that she might spend time with him in his hotel room, you know, as adults do. And he's like, oh, okay. He's, because initially she says, I want to tell you that I met somebody. And at that point, like Humphrey walks up behind her and he's like, oh, is this a lucky young man? And she's like, oh my God, no. Like, oh, holy shit, no. Like, like their relationship has changed a little bit thanks to the fact that he was kidnapped and like abused and is actually suffering a little bit from it because he's like, I keep flashing back to it and it's just really traumatic for me. And she's like, yeah, I think that probably counseling would help you because in these books, they never stick with them long enough to talk about the fact that a lot of these people have been through some significant trauma and the fact that Humphrey was kept like basically a prisoner for like 12 hours by this guy that he thought was his friend. Like, yeah, you might have some shit to work through. Like that's a legit thing. So so she's telling her dad about this and then she's dancing with him and somebody walks up and taps her on the shoulder to cut in and she turns around and it's Ned. He came to the fundraiser. Like he just wrote a check and walked in because that's what rich people do. And he's like, Hey. And so she's able to introduce him to her dad and everything is fantastic. And they get to dance together. And she's like, I'm, I'm so happy to see you. Like, you know, we've, we've been talking on the phone, but it's not the same. And he's like, I know, I know I've got a surprise for you. And she's like, what is it? So he's like, we're going to need to go look at it. So he gets her into his car. (laughs) There's a joke between them later that like, Ned doesn't know how to drive a car (laughs) because he takes a car service everywhere. Um, so of course he has to make a point to drive a car around her. Um, they get in the car, they go to downtown Chicago. It's actually fairly close to our campus really. And they get into, they go up in a building and she's like, Oh, is this like, did you do Airbnb or something? Like, did you rent an apartment or you know, instead of getting a hotel room. And he's like, actually, yeah, I just signed a year lease on this place. And Nancy's like, what? And he's like, I can basically work from anywhere. Like, there's going to be sometimes I need to get back to New York and, you know, handle some shit. And there's going to be times that I'm going to be traveling. But um, if you want to, um, I'll live here. And that way we can see each other. And Nancy's like, Oh, wow. Okay, so we need to back up slightly. I need to talk to you about something because she's got a feeling that for him to get a place near her campus so that they can see each other a lot, like, she needs to to rip off that band-aid. So she's like, so um, the reason why when we were in bed together and I was like not exactly chill with it, I just... Yeah, so um, I'm not experienced at that. And he's like, oh, okay, so you haven't had many boyfriends. And she's like, um, none in that way. And he's like, oh, okay, um, okay, so how much of a virgin are we talking about? And she's like, there are degrees of being a virgin. He's like, yeah, I mean, maybe you've done stuff, just not the main act, if you will. And she's like, um, none of it, really. So, and he's like okay. And she's like, you're, you're chill with that. And he's like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm not saying that we need to have sex right away. So it's fine. And she's like, this is fantastic. So of course they're in the bedroom at this point, they're making out. And he's like, what if maybe we made you like slightly less virgin? And she's like, I would be okay with that because much like olive oil at this point, she is extra virgin. So that's how this story ends. This, this picks up, I've got two more stories after this that pick up with what happens in the relationship after this point. So until next time, stay sleuthy, my friends.